0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. What a day, huh? Gotta praise God together and take the communion elements together. This has already been a great day. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hands our ushers would gladly get you a Bible. If you're a guest, I just want to welcome you here today. Uh, Again, get your hand up if you need a Bible. Once you get a Bible, go with me to 1 Thessalonians 3. We'll go to First Thessalonians 3, then we'll go to the book of Acts chapter 13. I just encourage you to take some good notes today. I believe God's going to move within you today and get a little more direction as we go on here in this morning. But again, we are on our wilderness series. Again, every one of us are going to spend time in the wilderness. It's, it's not a place of punishment. It's a place of preparation. It's a place that God wants to develop every one of us. And so, you know, we, we've got to seek first the kingdom of God. And I found out that what you diligently seek or aim for or strive for is what your affections are set upon. Now, a lot of times when, when we give our heart to Jesus and we get born again, we think, that's the end. I got born again. That's it. Actually, that's just the beginning point in your journey. And so once I get born again, I, I start figuring out, God's got plans for me associated with his kingdom. He's got callings. He's got dreams. But in order for me to get into that place, I must have him develop character within me and strengthen my faith. And so that may be part of the reason you're in the wilderness right now. Again, it's not a place of punishment. God's not mad at you. Okay, First Thessalonians 3 verse 11. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct or guide your steps our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. God God wants to, he wants to increase us where we abound in love. Now, is there anybody in here who say, you know, pastor, my love tank's maxed out. I can't love anymore. Is there anybody in here that way? Good, I didn't think there was. And so again, this applies to every one of us that God wants to increase us in the area of love. He goes on to say, now this is where you got to get a hold of this, verse 13. So that he may establish your heart. God wants to work something in our heart. That's, that's the real me. That, that's what's going to be eternal, my, my heart. And he says that he may establish your heart's Blameless to holiness. Do you know holiness is rooted in my personal conduct? And holiness is the principle that separates me as a believer from the world. And so, literally, right here, holiness it causes life in every component that my character stands and is approved by God when He got, when He begins to work in me with holiness. So I want you to think about this today with holiness. God wants to move the junk out of your life so he can move into your life. And this is going to apply big time today, okay? God's desire is to move out old things so that he can move in. In other words, our God's a renovator. He wants to renovate you. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Ooh, I love that thought that God wants to establish my heart. He wants to consecrate me that I I become fit for his service. And that is a process. Doesn't happen overnight. Day by day by day. Acts 13. Verse 22. Now, as I begin reading this verse, I'll, I'll paraphrase some things to give us an idea of what's going on here. And when he, Father God... Had removed him. He removed. And the person he's talking about was King Saul. The reason God removed King Saul. Is because God had given him some orders. But he didn't fully obey his orders. He obeyed to a degree. But he didn't fully and totally obey God. Now think about this in your life. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. So God is looking for the hearts of men and women that will obey. That will trust him. Keep reading. So he removed Saul. And he raised up for them David as king. To whom also he gave testimony and said. I have found David the son of Jesse. A man after my own heart. David is a man after my own heart. So we go back to 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 13. God wants to establish us in our heart. So he says that David is a man after his own heart. Now it's very easy for me and you to say that. I could say Ooh, I'm a man after God's own heart. But when he makes that statement that David was a man after his own heart. Shouldn't there be some evidence? Shouldn't there be some proof that we're men or women after God's own heart? More than just what we say. Now look what he says here. He's a man after my own heart. Who will do all my will. Who will do completely and fully all of my will. Now... To say I'm a man after God's own heart, I must look at God's definition of what that means. Not man's definition. What did God say? He's a man that will do all of my will. And so I believe God wants to work that in every one of us. That's part of establishing our heart. That's part of problems, not problems, but the way he wants to move us forward into being men and women after God. And so, It may be a season in your life where God's got you in the wilderness to teach you obedience. And so when I look at this right here, one of the reasons I believe he wants to do that is he doesn't want you being a tumbleweed Christian. What's a tumbleweed Christian? You're rootless and you're fruitless. Just kind of blow around here and there and you never really live with any purpose. And so when I get sent to the wilderness, don't fight the process. And the reason I tell you that is because our God is a God who will never leave us the way we are. God wants to move us forward. And so every one of us in this room, if it's not right now, it'll be soon. You're going to have a sign out in front of your heart and it says, under construction. And God starts taking a chisel And he begins to chisel on me and he begins to work on me. And that's what he likes to do for every one of us. It's kind of like when you buy a house. Just because you buy a house, that doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean you just kick back for the rest of your life. Now, this may be revelation to some of you, but when you buy a house, you're going to have to mow the lawn, you're going to have to vacuum that carpet, you're going to have to do a little painting. You're going to even have to change the air filters. Some of you say, well, why would we do that? So not only is there home improvement, there's spiritual improvement. That God's a renovator. God wants us to renovate or allow him to renovate us. He, he wants to move in our lives. So I, I begin to look at this guy named King David. And remember, we talked about him last week. And God... Used the prophet Samuel to anoint him to be the next king, but when he anointed him to be the next king, he didn't go immediately from being this shepherd boy in the pasture to being in the palace. God began to have to work some things with him, but what I begin to see with King David and this is what needs to happen for every one of us my my desire must come to a place where I live to please God, I please to obey God, and i I, I live to to honor him and obey him in every area of my life. If my sole purpose and my goal is to pursue my dream, to pursue my callings, that's it. All all I want, Father God, is a platform. I need a microphone. God's going to move you into the wilderness because he's got purposes for you, but they got to be hooked to him, okay? Now turn with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 11. Ezekiel chapter 11. You may say, where is Ezekiel? Uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and Ezekiel. If you've gone to Daniel, you've gone too far. Ezekiel chapter 11. Now, as we we get ready to go through here, God wanted to establish not only our hearts, but he, he wanted to put holiness in us. God wants to remove the junk from every one of our lives. And you're going to hear me say that several times. God wants to remove the junk in our lives. When I say that, there's reason he wants to do that. There's purpose. Now, I, I don't mind you raising your hand on this. How many of you right now are really needing a breakthrough? Quite a number of us. How many of you could use some form of healing in your body right now? Okay. Now just, just let the scriptures teach us here. I'm setting the table because God's wanting to feed you today, okay? Ezekiel 11, verse 19. Then I will give them one heart or a clean heart. And I will put a new spirit within them. The word them, the literal translation says You. So he's speaking directly to me and you. And I will take the stony heart of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. So a a, a spiritual and moral transformation will take place. It's going to move within us where we can serve God wholeheartedly. So he said, I'm going to take that heart of stone. And I'm going to move it to a heart of flesh. Now think about the word stone. If, if we got a big old stone, it's going to take something very powerful to break that stone. Just And so what happens is God begins to break that stone and he gets us down where it's, it's just our flesh. And so when it becomes that, we become pliable. We become people that says, okay, Father God, I welcome you molding me today. Verse 20. Why? Why does he want to do this? That they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. Now, if you'll notice what he says there. Walk in them. Keep them. And do them. Not not just to know them, but to actually do them. Now, remember, that was his definition of a man after my own heart. And so when you look at the three words that he used, walk, keep, and do, my life's mission is determined by my submission. Ooh, that's good pastor. Again, I've got to get, how well do I submit to actually obey his word? He goes on to say, and they shall be my people and I will be their God. So you know what God's doing? He's looking for people that, that don't have this incredible IQ. Nothing wrong with a high IQ. And he's not looking for people with incredible talent. He's not against great talents, he's the one who blesses us with talents. But the way God locates the heart is the ones who actually do his word. Verse 21. But as for those whose hearts followed the desire for their detestable things and their abominations. whoo! Wait, wait just a minute. So he's saying part of the reason I got to establish your heart is because within your heart you've got these detestable things. You've got things within you that in God's eyes, there's an abomination. And when we see that, they are objects of disgust in God's eyes. And here's what I want you to get. We don't determine what's disgustable or abominations. God does. God never intended for human beings to say, That's uh, disgustable or that's an abomination. No, God set the standard. And that's the problem with our society right now. We have a thought that God doesn't know where God's word is outdated when it's not outdated. You want to study what abominations are? Here's your homework, Simon. Go to Leviticus 18 and just keep looking at it. Look at Leviticus 18 and you will begin to get a heart of what Father God said. Now again, I'm not trying to win a popularity contest, okay? But you know what I am trying to do? My desire is to keep you out of hell. Only the truth sets people free. So again, you know what you see right here? God wants to remove that junk out of our lives. And a lot of the, the, the words that he's talking about, the detestable things and abominations, the Amplified says it's rooted in idolatry. We've made those things as form of idols. It may be wealth. It may be talent. It may be position. New name. Same sin. Keep reading. He says, I will recompense. I will repay. One translation says that I will pay in full the things and their abominations. I will recompense their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. Do so you know what he's saying? You can live that way if you want, but there's going to be consequences. Turn just a few pages, same book, but turn to chapter number 36 of Ezekiel. Chapter 36. So, if God's wanting to move junk out, what's He wanting to move in? Let the scriptures teach us here. Ezekiel 36. Verse 25, then I will sprinkle clean water, pure water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. So what you begin to say here, see here, is the first step of inward renewal and restoration. God wants to do something on the inside of me. Verse 26, now watch this. I'm going to give you a new heart pliable and teachable. And I'm going to put a new spirit within you. The transformation of the will. And so here, God's wanting to move all that junk out so he can move the Holy Spirit in. And, And the reason that takes place is because when all the junk goes out, my will goes out and God's will comes in. And he says, I want to put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my judgments to do them. And so God's design to put the Holy Spirit within us is to help us to carry out his will to obey him. It's the age old dilemma. I want to change, but I can't. And so you know what Father God says, I'll put the Holy Spirit within you. I'll help him. You. you know, in John 16, he's called the helper. The Lord Jesus said, I'm going to give you a helper. Guess what? If he's going to give us a helper, we need help. And so the Holy Spirit wants to come in and he wants to move within every one of us. So that's the way God changed every one of us from the inside out. So we go back last week. When we look at the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 4 verse 1, it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was water baptized in the Jordan River. Then the Holy Spirit took him to the wilderness. Now it's interesting That the Lord Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But when he took him to the wilderness. Did he take him there just for the fun of it? No, I believe it was a way that Jesus started learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit. And to be led by the Holy Spirit. And you may say, wait, 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 wait. That's the Son of God. He didn't need the Holy Spirit. Well, then why did Luke 4 say that he needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why does Acts 10, 38 say how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. So I believe Jesus' wilderness experience, man, he had to get to know the voice of the Spirit of God. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. Samuel anoints King David as the next king and it says in that verse, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I go back and I begin to look at those two thoughts. And remember, when when David gets filled with the Holy Spirit, he doesn't go right into the, the palace. He starts learning the voice of the Holy Spirit too. So if our Lord Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, and King David needed the Holy Spirit, what makes me and you think we're exempt from the Holy Spirit? And see, a lot of people would say this, well, he's not around anymore. God doesn't work through men and through the Holy Spirit anymore. Well, why did Jesus say in Acts 1-4, I command you to wait for the promise? And then in Acts 1-8, he said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll receive power. I believe personally, it's one of the most neglected truths in the entire Bible. We need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. And let me give you a little illustration that may help you. In, in the year 2000, I needed a lawnmower. So I bought a $99 lawnmower at Walmart. It wasn't the nicest you can imagine, $99. But it would mow. And I used that, and I used that, and I beat that thing up, and I used it. And Shelly would say, why don't you get a new lawnmower? And I said, because this one runs. And I kept you, that thing wouldn't die. This is the truth. It had, you know, any lawnmower has four wheels, but this one probably had at least three different wheels than the other ones. I just throw wheels on it. I find them, I just tough on it. It had dings all over it. And so literally when you would mow it, if, if you try to go a straight line, and if you're like me, I, I like my lawn to look straight. I, I don't like my lawn to look like it had a bad haircut. And, and so you kind of had to go at it catty corner because it would kind of go this way. But it wouldn't die. 17 years later, it still, it still goes. But what would happen periodically, it would really begin to smoke bad. And I knew, man, it, it needed an oil change. But as long as I'd give it an oil change, man, it far, there were days I'd mow and, and all the neighbors said, That dude is spraying for mosquitoes. I wasn't spraying for mosquitoes. It was just the clouds. And Shelly would say, get a new mower. I'd say, no. As long as I, I put fresh oil in it, it would function properly. See, that's the same way as me and you. You may look brand new on the outside. You may look like you got new wheels. You may look like you got everything together. But without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to run right. And, and there's some of you in here, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit before. But now you're, you need an oil change. I, I, I need to welcome the Holy Spirit back into my life. Now turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. And let's, let's be New Testament taught here. And let's allow the, the Bible to instruct us here. So we're going to Romans chapter 8. I believe the Holy Spirit's still moving. I believe he's still active on this earth. So I can tell you this as you're turning to Romans 8. I didn't grow up in the, 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 the things of God in my own life. I chose until I was about 19. And if you were to tell me about the Holy Spirit, I'd say the holy who? I don't even know what you're talking about. And I remember one week, I, I, I went every day at 10 in the morning from like 10 to noon. And I heard this man speak on the Holy Spirit. It was in a big auditorium in, in Tulsa. And I would sit in the back because I didn't feel like I, I should really be in church. You know, I, I kind of had the mentality, you know, church is for people that got all of their stuff together. None of us got it together. But day after day, I heard, I heard this guy teach on the Holy Spirit. And he, he would actually open his Bible and turn to Scripture, and I, I would follow along, and i begin to realize. Jesus said in, in John 16, verse 7, you need a helper. Well, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, think about this sense right here. If, if Jesus came strolling in here today, and he looked at us and he said, Dylan, I think you ought to get filled with the Holy Spirit. He's I'm ah, mad, Jesus. I got it. No, if Jesus showed up person, you you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we would listen. Well, Jesus said you need a helper. Now, this may be a revelation of knowledge for some of you men in here, but there's two times in the Bible that Jesus said you need a helper. You need a wife. You're clueless. You've got about a half a brain, so I'm going to give you a helper. And then he said, you need a helper in the form of the Holy Spirit. And just tell you this, guys. In my own life, at the age of 20, I, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, I've had people say to me, they said, a lot of times, Pastor, my life, I feel like I'm at the, the, the amusement park. My life is a roller coaster. I'm up and I'm down. I, I go to the men of iron and I'm up. I'm on fire. I'm full of God. And then a month later... I'm the walking dad. Does that identify you? Yeah. And I had a person say to me one day, but, but I see your life. And Pastor, you don't seem like you're ever up or down. I thought, well, I'm glad you noticed me that way. But the truth of the matter is, the Holy Spirit is my constant. He keeps me rooted and he keeps me grounded, okay? Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, fellow believers, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. I'm not obligated to live by the flesh. Now, I can be, but I don't have to be. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So Paul lays out here two directions of life, and he shows their ultimate consequence. This is forever one of them. If you live by the flesh, you're going to die. But look what he says. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. And so literally, that's to grow in holiness. So when you see the growing holiness, what the Holy Spirit does, he comes in and he gets that junk out of you. And he starts moving that without of you. Now I want you to hold fast to something that he said right there. He says here, it's only by the Holy Spirit. He reminds us, if by the Spirit. So again, you know what he said? You're not going to whip it on your own. The Holy Spirit will come on the inside of you and he'll start working. He'll start moving within us. Verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Woo! Therefore, being led by the Spirit of God involves progressively Putting to death the sinful appetites. So as long as I keep hanging around with the Holy Spirit, oh, God starts working in me. He keeps moving in me. The more I hang out around Him, Verse 15. "For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again, you're not a slaves of fear again. But you receive the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So literally what he's saying here, the Holy Spirit, he comes on the inside of me and he reassures me, I'm a child of God. And you know what he says? I'm a son. I'm a son. You're a son. You're a son. And you know what a lot of people, I'm not a son. I'm not a daughter. Do you know what I've done? But right here, the Holy Spirit comes back in and says, don't let the devil keep you guilted. And don't let the devil keep you. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm born. Here. I'm a son. I'm a child of God. Verse sixteen. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirits that we're children of God. Ooh, that's powerful, right there. He confirmed, I'm a child of God. Well, Pastor, I don't feel like the child of God. Well, I don't have to go by how I feel. I go by the Word of God and what the Holy Spirit does within me. And if children, then we're heirs. Now what does the word heir say to you? The word heir says, you've got an inheritance. You've got something that was written for you. And so if I'm a child, i got an inheritance. Keep reading. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Not because any other reason that Jesus is Lord of my life. I'm a son of God and the Holy Spirit. He leads me by my spirit and he bears wit with my spirit. And I begin to believe, you know what? I'm everything that God says I am. I can have everything God says I can have. And I can be everything God says I can be. Again, I got a past. But I don't choose to live in the past. I choose to live in what the Son of God and the Holy Spirit are doing in me now. And so again, that's part of it. God says, I'm going to renovate you. I'm going to go in the, in the inside of you. And guess what? People will begin to say, What happened to you? What happened to you? Now, my mom and dad are here today, and this is no mystery to them. Me and my brother were champion sinners. He he was worse than me. <laughs> I hope you're listening to this. No, I'm just kidding. There were days in our life when we'd be eating at restaurants and people would come in and they'd say, if God can change you too, he can change anybody. And we'd say, yea, (laughs) verily. Yes. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. Watch this last little phrase here. If indeed we suffer with him, if indeed we suffer with him, we share in his suffering. Now listen to me. There's always a price that will be paid for your identity in Jesus. You're going to be persecuted. There's going to be a season of some suffering. And part of that suffering may be that season in the wilderness where you think, oh, hell's broke loose. What's going on, Father God? But look how he ends this verse and he says that we may also be glorified together. So not only do we share in his suffering, we share in his glory. He wants to promote us. Now, think about this and look real close. Look at the order that it's in. It wasn't glory, then suffering. You're going to suffer a little bit. And when you come out on the other side, man, I, I get a walk in the things of heaven. The suffering that I go through when I'm, it's not always fun. And God's always purging on me. Sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, what more can you do to me? And the Lord says, just hang in here and you'll find out. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 21. Matthew 21 now. I I gotta allow the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of me. I gotta welcome the Holy Spirit. People say this, "How how how do you get the Holy Spirit? Well, how'd you get born again? I asked Jesus to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Well, in Luke 11, the Lord Jesus said that if you, any of you will ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll give him. Now, I, I set the table earlier today because, remember, the Lord wants to move, remove junk so he can move in. Now, watch this. Matthew 21, verse 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God, and he drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple... And he overturned the tables of the money changers and, and the seats of those who sold doves. Now, this, this is not only strange, it's very peculiar. It's, to, to sit here and think, Jesus goes strolling into the temple. And he starts throwing over people's tables and chairs. Now, why would the Lord Jesus do that? Because I believe... The world's value system had invaded the church. And they had made it where it was commercialized. It was more about a business transaction than seeking God. And so when we begin to allow the world to come in and flavor the church, the temple, the church becomes nothing more than a glorified entertainment center. It comes where people think, you know what? I I can live however I want and God's okay with it. I I can press a button and get instant God. Jesus cleaned house in the temple. He cleaned it up. Then look what he says in verse 13. And he said, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Should we emphasize prayer within the house of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. But something happens when the church gets away from prayer. And so he said, My house is no longer even a place of prayer. And he goes on to say, But you have made it a den or a hangout of thieves. So let me ask you the question What's the house of God to you? Now get ready. You can get ready to get blessed right here. Verse 14. I'm reading in the New King James, the very first word in verse 14 says, Then, then, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Then, what was the then? After he had cleaned house, after he had got all the junk out of the house of God, the presence of God came in, the power to heal the lame, the power to set people free. I believe that still exists today. God wants a clean house. God wants a clean house. I'm going to take you to a little further area, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 says this. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the house of the Holy Spirit. So what needs to be moved out of my house? What needs to be cleaned out of my house? Because you know what I see right here? God wants to come in. God wants to move within us. Then the house of God came alive. Then. So as I look at this day, I had to say, Father God, what, what's in my life that needs to be moved out? Is, is there idols in my life? Is there detestable things? Is there abominations in my they got to go. they got to go. So the Holy Spirit can come in. And God begins to move. God begins to move within us. So is this wilderness experience today? Is it a place where God wants to impart holiness into every one of us? Is it a place where God says, I, I want to I root within you where you keep my commandments. You obey my commandments. You do my commandments. And I believe for every one of us, he said, I, I want you to be filled with my spirit. Just stand on your feet today? Woof. Yeah, you can give God glory. That's the goodness of God. Do you need to change your heart today? Only you know this. Is your heart hard today? Is it, is it a heart of stone? When I don't come around the things of God, that's what's going to begin to happen. But God's powerful. God can break that heart of stone. He desires to break that heart of stone. We saw biblically. But is God wanting to move? Is he wanting to move within you today? Is he wanting to establish your heart? Not not just for this week. Not for this weekend. God's in it for the long haul. God, God wants you to run this race with endurance. Where you look and say... I'm gonna serve God all the days for my life. All the day I'm gonna serve you. I'm not gonna jump off the wagon. I'm gonna live with that Holy Spirit constancy in my life. He's gonna lead me and He's gonna guide. I welcome your leading and your guiding. I welcome you bearing witness with me. Now just briefly here, I ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. The first thing I want to ask you is this is. Are you born again? And what I mean by that, have, have you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and then ask him to come into your heart and be Lord of your life? Maybe you hadn't been in it for the long haul. Maybe you've you've turned to the things of the world and, and you sense, and this is God. This is the Holy Spirit. He's pulling you back today. He's pulling on your heart today. You know what he's saying? i I want you to be my son I want you to be my daughter if that's you today I'm just going to ask you to do something real boldly today just get out of your seat right there where you're at just come walking down here and if you don't feel comfortable walking down here raise your hands I'll come back there and I'll escort you down here I love you that much I don't have a problem doing that I'm not trying to embarrass you I'm not trying to be funny I'm serious This is how much God loves you. Come on, let's clap. You know, the Bible says when one gives their heart to Jesus... All of heaven erupts. I, I don't know if I, if I had those guns that shoot confetti, I'd be blasting right now. Again, I mean we got four we got four men that came today For God so loved you four that came today huh? Yeah, let's play. get moved when people get born again it, it still moves me all these days so you you men who walk down here I, I, I can tell you right now Jesus is smiling Jesus is saying those are my boys right there those are my boys, those are my sons. I'm going to ask you guys you're not saying this to me you've got to say this to Jesus this is just a form of surrender raise your hands to Jesus this is a form of surrender and you in the audience here you're more than welcome to join in here just raise your hands to heaven and say dear Jesus I'm sorry for my sins I'm sorry for the things I've done and I ask you today to forgive me I ask you to wash me in your blood today. And on August 25th of 2019, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I thank you today for ordering my steps. I thank you for helping me today. And again, I welcome you as Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Woohoo! I'm getting ready to have our team play. You guys just stay down here, okay? I believe the, the anointing down here is just going to absorb you, fellas. There's God's going He's just going to jump on you in a godly way. If you're here today... may say i i need the holy spirit you may say i i i need an oil change i need to be refilled well he just waits for you to come and and if that's you today and you want prayer to be filled with the holy spirit we're going to pray with you're going to have our prayer teams down here we don't want you to leave that way but also man if you know i'm i'm in need of some renovations lord I, I need to get rid of some stuff today to, to remove that junk out where you can come in. And I believe this with all my heart. Then, God begin to move. God begin to heal. God begin to be the God of miracles. I welcome you to come down here. Ooh, we prayed and we've believed for months and months, actually years, that miracles and healings. I, I believe it'll take place today. They're going to sing, and how you choose to respond to God, let's respond to Him today, okay? Go ahead, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com.